Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but I needed that wake up song. I needed that. I don't know. I needed that last song right there. Just a little talk with Jesus makes it all right. Man, I feel like I was in Seattle, Washington. It's raining and chilly and, and cold outside a little bit. And when it's chilly and and, 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 and we, it's hard to wake up sometimes. Hard to get up sometimes, man. So I was doing the best I could. I said, boy, I'm struggling over here. Boy, my goodness. But that last song kind of kind of broke through for me and helped me to, to wake up a little bit so I can preach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, don't worry whether he's sung it or not. I'm going to preach anyway. But that song just kind of helped me out a little bit. Because I just love praising God and praising his high and his holy and his matchless name. Is that all right? Because our God is a good God. And I don't care what you're going through. Just a little talk with Jesus ought to make it all right. I ain't saying that the light's going to come on immediately. But I think that just a little talk with Jesus is able to give you a little bit more faith. To know that he's never let you down in the past and he's never going to let you down in the future. That he's just an on-time God. That's the God I serve. Just a little talk with him makes it all right. Truly thank God for his goodness, for his mercy, and for his grace. And I want to let you know that it's hard to get up in the morning on rainy days like this. And I look around and see some folk didn't make it. They didn't make it up this morning. They had a, they had a nice 8 o'clock crowd, and, and, and they, got, they got up and was ready. They said, they want to get back home in their bed. So they came out early and got back home for the 8 o'clock people. And, and we're here today, and we ain't planning on going home and going to bed because we know that we got a, 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 a discipleship, evangelism, discipleship training at 2.30. So we're in here for the long haul to serve God and glorify his high and holy name. We also want to acknowledge the... The, the memorial service of Sister Alyssa Briscoe. Uh, uh, it was a beautiful service. It really was. And it, it, it was heart touching. It was heartfelt. And just to know how much she was loved and how much she loved her, her son and her family. And, and it was just wonderful. Why don't you pray for that family? Pray that God would be with them and bless them. The son, the only son, he's taking it real hard. And we want to ask that you pray for him. He, he obeyed the gospel of Christ a, a while ago. But sometimes it's them strongholds got you. And they just won't let you go sometime. And, and that's where prayer come in. To pray that God would give him a space and time by which he can get it together. And realize that there's only one way. And that's the way of Jesus Christ and the cross of Christ. So pray for that family. And I want to thank all those who uh, played a part in that uh, uh, memorial service in the East Baltimore congregation and those who came out. Thank you so much. May God bless you and may heaven smile upon you. Is that all right? Amen. And what we're also trying to do is don't forget that if you have committed to filling up the, 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 the jars with the change, we got a lot of jars in the office already, don't forget the end of February is the day that we want the jars in so we can go and, 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 and um, do what we need to do with those jars. So if you're, if you're three quarters of the way there, just fill them up the rest of the way. Amen. Bring them on in. And thank God for the ability to be able to all year long keep your mind on missions and those who are out there uh, across the seas and across the water. Amen? Amen. 
also want to remind you that um, we're going to be putting up on, on, on the screen and on the foyer all the plans we talked about for the building expansion for, for on last week. We're going to keep it in front of you. We're going to put it on a poster board, and we're going to let you see the west wing, and we're going to let you see the south wing, and Brother David, what kind of wings on there? I like that. And, and, the, and the auditorium, and the chapel, and the auditorium, and the 418-seat expansion, and the baptism, and, the, and, and all the kitchen, and the, and the cry room, and mother's room, and family room, and new offices, and all that stuff Amen. that we're asking God to bless us with. So we're going to put those things out so you can see those things. What we're asking for you as a congregation is to give, uh, if we're going to do this and if we want to do the whole thing, we're asking for uh, $25 above your regular offering to donate to that expansion work Amen. that we are doing here at the congregation. Amen. And that will decide and let us know whether or not we're going to be doing it in stages, which is going to cost us a little more, a lot more money, but we got to have to do it like that, or if we can do it all at one time. And save some money for ourselves because it's going to be on us and what we do. I've already uh, I told Sister Bethia I gave extra money this week. Okay. I got you some extra money this week. And at first she forgot she thought it was her money. I said, no, that's, a, that's the commitment money that we made here. And, and some of you, some, I know Brother Ballard said that, that he's going he to he he do his 2,000 plus money with, with the, with the uh, 1,000, 2,000 that we wanted by April. He wants to do it. He want to do all of it. Now, if you got the heart like that to do all of it, go ahead and do all of it. I'm going to do it too. That's right. Have a heart to know. Because I truly believe. The Bible, when it says, as much as I give God, he's going to give it back to me. I just, come to believe, I, just come to, I just come to believe that. Yeah. I think Wall Street ain't got nothing on God. Amen. The Amen. bank ain't got nothing on God. Right. You got your money in the bank, you're only getting 0.1%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 0.8%, something like that. But if you, put, if you, if you, if you, uh, if you trust in God, you can't be God-given. No matter how hard you try. In fact, the more you give, the more he'll give to you. So you just keep right on giving. Because I know it's really true. That's just the God that we serve. Also here, for those of you we have uh, who uh, some just want to give, some sign their pledge card that they were going to give the $25, which is right here. If you feel that you want to do that because you just want to say, I made a written commitment. We have cards. You can get them from um, the, the ushers, and they would give you the cards. They're just these little sheets right here. And then they would pass them up and give those cards to Brother Frazier as well. Amen. Another thing that we're striving to do is what we call change for education. And our education department has been on the move. Doing great things, and I thank God for Jesus Christ. And what we want to do with the education department is we're going to be having two workshops. The first one is going to be this spring, April the 21st, part one, and that next Saturday, the 28th, part two. Because what we want to do is we want to get ready for the, the exciting explosion of our children coming back and the adults coming back to education department. And we want to do that. And what we want to do is have some workshops to get you trained and get you excited and get you built up and living. We have trained professionals here. This is what they do for a living. 
And they're going to lend their hands. They're going to bring some of the stuff that they do for a living that they have found effective right. in teaching uh, uh, individuals or how to be the best teacher you can be, how to be the best committee member you can be, how to be the best in the education department. So Sister Terrell and Brother Terrell are going to be doing our workshop for us on this spring. Is that all right? Yes. And it's going to be, a, it's going to be, I don't know the word the kids use, they don't say the bomb no more, do they? I don't know what they say now. It's going to be whatever they say now. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. So we want you out, and it's going to be mandatory to every teacher, past, present, and future. We want you to come. We want you to get retrained, reset. Brother DeShields is counting on you so we can be able to have our classrooms up and running functionally. And guess what? And those of you who teach in other areas other than education, like the ladies' class and the brothers, come on out. It's going to be good for you to help you to give you the tools to be able to teach somebody. Let me give you an example. I'm going to give you an example. Cause I, look, see, teachers know that in order to connect with your students, you have to use a tool that gets them engaged. You can't just walk in the classroom and say, open up your Bible, let's start reading. No, no, you got to get them engaged. And there are tools to get them engaged. There are incentives to get them motivated. And they're going to bring you some tools to be able to do that. Is that all right? And other educators that are here, uh, come on out and amen, Sister Terrell, if you know that she's doing right. Because we might not know, is she right? We want you to say, oh, that's right there. That, that works right there. Why don't you back your sister up, amen? amen. So brother and sister Terrell are going to be doing a workshop for us, and we're looking for a great workshop. In the bulletin, I know it says March 24th. That was a, a 18 uh, Forget that. That was something that I wanted to take out, and I forgot to get to Sister Kiva in time to take it out. So don't even worry about it. It's April 21st and April 28th. Amen? Amen, amen. amen. What else I got here? That's it. Okay. <laughs> Open up your Bibles, because the Bible is right. I did a funeral a few months ago for my, my, my aunt, and we had a good time. And my cousins were, 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 were excited, and many of them said, we coming to your church. Amen. We coming out there. Amen. And we said, but come on, 9420 Bel Air Road. Well, I ain't seen a whole lot of them, but one of them is here today. Is that all right? And that is Miss Rosa Bright. Rosa, where you at? Wait, I see you over in there. Go ahead, Beth, wave your hand. Go ahead, you can stand up. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Good to, good to have you. Good to have you. Good to have you. I want to say that. And, and see, see, and that's why, again, that's why let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. And guess what? She called me. The phone started ringing. I don't know whether they had restricted or available. Something on there. I don't answer them kind of phones. I'm like, what, 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 who is that? She, then she called back again and said, that was me calling. Amen. I'm trying to get to you. Okay. And so this morning she called up and said she would be here on this morning. I'm so, or text me. Said would she be here this morning. She's here. Amen? Amen. 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 Remember, again, and not just my family, all of our families. Amen. Let your light shine. Go get as many individuals as you can that they may know that this world is dying, this world is sick, it is in, it is in C, uh, what was that, critical care. I see you. I see you. Half of us in ICU, other half in the psych ward. 
But we're in trouble no matter where they're at. And we need to understand that we got to, we have to get ready for Jesus' return. And I want you to know that the Bible has something to say about that. Open up your Bible to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. It was read to you by Brother Keelan. And good to have Brother and Sister Keelan back. They said they'd be gone one week, but they went several weeks. But when you retire, you can stay long as you want, right? That's right. <laughs> right. You can start out one week. That's said, we staying another week. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Amen. The retirement is good. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, there's a word from the Lord. And here's the inspired word, and it says, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thy shall be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless you. And I will curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. That's some powerful stuff right there. Because many times we read our Bibles and we wonder how Abraham, the father of the faith, could do some stuff that he did in his moments of weakness, like saying his wife is his sister two times. How could he do something like that, being this great father of the faith? But what we forgot is Abraham was living under a promise. Oh, y'all ain't got it yet. He was living under a promise. And God had put the word out and already promised Abraham in verse number three that I'm going to bless them that bless thee. And I'm going to curse them that curse thee, meaning your stuff is my problem. I'll deal with you myself. But everybody else going to. Go, if they bless you, I'm going to bless them. And if they curse you, I'm going to curse them. See, he's living underneath a promise. And the thing about living underneath the promise is when God gives a word, I don't care what word he gives, when God gives a word, you can count on it. When God gives a word, it is a word, it is signed, it is sealed, and it is delivered. I want to let you know that when you look at people and I go out and I talk to them about, about the world and how, how, how it's dying and how Jesus is soon to come back, and I ask them, are you ready? They'll say something like, I'm confident. They say, I'm confident I'm all right. I'm confident I'm ready. Well, I want to preach this morning, and I want to teach you the difference between faith and confidence. Between faith and confidence. Now, 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 let me start out by saying this. There is, confidence has its place. Let me start by that. We're not discrediting or devaluing confidence. It has its place. But what I want to tell you about confidence is, confidence can come from or be directed to anything or anyone. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. 
Confidence. Confidence is a desirable humanistic attribute that should rarely be devalued. Meaning it has its place. But you got to remember when you say I have confidence, you're really saying I think. You really said I think. I think I got that job. I got confidence I got that job. When I go in there, I'm going to get that job. Confidence. It has its place. Confidence are feelings that are driven by us. Because we have human or scientific knowledge. Oh, I like that part. Because we think we understand something. Or we think we got some, some, some uh, imperial scientific data. It's almost like us today. We say, the polls say. And you have everybody putting their life on the polls. And the polls could be totally wrong. The poll says there's nothing wrong with same sex. That's what the poll says. But do you believe the polls? I don't believe the polls. It's just what somebody think. It's just what somebody has deduced. They're thinking that long as it's love, it's okay. That's a humanistic that's wisdom from below type thinking. Their confidence that this new thing that we did is going to flourish to be something great. But we know and we read in the Bible, we read in the word that God's word says by faith, no. Oh, my goodness gracious. Somebody said by faith, no. Listen, faith. Is an invaluable, lofty gift through God's word that strengthens our resolve to trust in his promises and blessings regardless of the circumstances or what we are enduring at this moment. No matter what the data look like, no matter what the imperial science says, if God has already spoken a word about it by faith, that's right, by faith. Yeah. They count on faith. Because yeah. faith, faith doesn't get see, confidence comes from us. Right, right, right. Yeah. Us human beings. Right. But faith, it grows and flows from God. That's right. yeah. Amen. Oh my goodness Amen. gracious. Right. Faith grows, faith grows. Grow, we ain't got nothing to back up our confidence. That's right. That's right. And I'll say I think. But God sure enough can back up. It's going to be by faith. God can back up. It's going to be by faith. We can't back nothing up. We hope. I had confidence. Somebody had confidence that the Patriots was going to win. You had confidence. Because you looked at the data. You looked at the statistics. You went all out your way. Yeah, you said, oh, yeah, I know this is what's going to happen. See, that's I think. That's I think. I think it's okay, but I 
Somebody confident that I work in the field, I work in a job, I'm confident they can't let me go, they need me. That's what you think. That's what you, there's no such thing as somebody being so important that they can't do without them. There's no such thing. If you don't believe me, die. And watch that place. They'll come to your service and they're going on with their business. I'm just saying the difference between confidence and the difference in faith. See, you again can trust faith. Go with me to Hebrews chapter number 11. The reason why Abraham can trust God. It's because in Genesis 12 and 1, well, you know what? Go back to Genesis 12. Keep your finger at the Hebrews, but go back to Genesis 12 and 1, because right. I want you to see this. In Genesis 12 and 1, if you, if you got there quickly, the Bible says here, Now the Lord has said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show you. How do we know is that? How do we know he's not moving by confidence? I'm going out there. The reason it's not by confidence is because the Bible says the Lord said. Listen, don't ever have a faith that is absent from the Lord said. Don't ever have a faith that is absence of the Bible. Don't ever quote something that you heard somebody say that you can't find no way in here. Because if somebody said it and you it's not in here, it's not faith. It's not, it's I think. Somebody think, I think things gonna turn around and get better. Yeah, you think. Don't have the, the Bible said the Lord said, Abraham, go out to a place. Take your family with you. And I'm not going to tell you where you go. I'm going to, when you get there, I'll show you. Abraham is walking by faith, not by confidence. God's people, sometimes, yes, you can have confidence in some things. Go ahead. But I'm letting you know. But if it's something that is life or death, if I was you, I'd check the book. I'd check the book. I'd check, I'd check the book. There are people right now. Who will tell me and have told me, I believe, I don't believe in, no, they don't, they quote it like this, I don't think All right. there's really a hell. Okay. I think it's like the boogeyman. Heard you heard that? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think that. I think that was made up to scare right. Right. us right. and scare religious people. Right into serving God because they don't want to go there. But I don't think, I think it's made, I think it's made up. And when I ask them, I say, well, you say you think it's made up. What makes you think it's made up? Well, if you look at this world, look at the, we in hell right now. This is the world right now. This is it. I got a whole lot of trouble in my life. This is it right now. And I think this is it right here. And I just look at him and say, so 
because of the scientific data, meaning visual sight, and because you think you have an education to be able to look at what's happening and think what's going to happen, I said, that is nothing more, sir, than I think. Why? I said, because I look at the scientific data and I look at the times, but then I still got to run back to the Bible. Go with me to Luke 16. In Luke 16, there is a letter from hell. Here's what the letter says. Verse 19, Luke 16, 19. And there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fed sumptuously every day, had money. Got money. 20. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at, at his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. A poor man. The Bible says in this letter from hell, 22, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels unto Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died, and he was buried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got two people died. The rich man died, and the, the Lazarus, the poor man died. The Bible says here, the rich man, now the lens stayed on him. The lens got off of Lazarus. You know how sometimes you're looking at a movie, and it looks like you got two Two characters that are the main characters, and all of a sudden one character is kind of gone and got the character that the point is made around. That's what you got here. Now the point now is Lazarus died and the angels took him in Abraham's bosom. That is his, that's the conclusion for him. But the Bible says right here in verse number 23, and in hell he lifted up his eyes. Who? Verse 22 says, and the rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lifted up his eye, being in torment. So two things we know by faith. By faith we know that when you leave here, if you ain't right, there is another place called hell. And we realize when you leave here, because you think you die when you're in that casket, but you ain't die. It's another place. It says the next thing you do is open up your eyes. What do you mean open up your eyes? Consciousness. Not only did he open up his eyes, but the letter from hell says here, not only did he open up his eyes, but the Bible tells me, and it plainly tells me, seeing, uh, lift up his eyes, being in torment, and see if Abraham are far off and Lazarus in his, bo- in his bosom. So not only did he open up his eyes, but he was doing a hot dance. Whatever the dance of torment is, that's, that's what he was doing. Yeah. Oh, y'all don't hear that. Yeah. If it's real torment, you don't stay in one spot. Yeah. If it's real torment, if it's real torment, if it's real torment, make your spin 
been around the real torment. You're trying to shake it off. But it's torment. Y'all to see somebody on the TV in a, in a fire? They standing still saying, I'm burning up. No, they running. They jumping. They crawling. They rolling. They kind of trying to stop it. This man, he don't want this. He's in torment. Now and then, and then, another thing to know about faith. God said, I'm going to tell you a little bit more in my letter. He said, and in this place, there was a gulf, a divide. He looked over and see Abraham and Lazarus, and they wasn't doing no type of hot dance. They was over looking like they were all right over there. And the Bible said he looked over there and he saw him. Watch this in verse number 24. And he cried and said, Father Abraham. That's the same Abraham that God said, if they bless you, I'm going to bless them. And if they curse you, I'm going to curse them. And every nation of the world is going to be blessed by you. That's that same Abraham. He all right. Cried and said, Father Abraham. Have mercy on me and send Lazarus. See, don't wait to get there to say, Abraham, he can't help you. He can't. It's too late. It's, watch the text. Watch the text. Listen, listen. Here's what, the, here's what faith says. Faith says here, send Lazarus. That he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. So now we know what kind of torment it is. It's a flaming torment. That's why I call it a hot dance. It's a flaming torment. Our letter from hell says this man is down there and he want out. I never gave Lazarus nothing. He begged for crumbs from my table. But now, I beg you, send him over. Let him stick that soy wounded finger in some water. And he can take all the sores and put them in my mouth. Oh, how things change. Oh, how things change. At first he was nothing. Now he can take his soy wounded finger and put it in my mouth. Some of you so delicate. You'll eat dinner. And after dinner is over, you know you're going to have some crumbs in your mouth. You drink water. You want to spit it out. Now you just ate. Like the crumbs of poison now. It's dinner over, it's poison. Boom! You want Listen! See, you're delicate. You're delicate. It's like, that's nasty. That's dirty. You, 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 you know, you're nasty. Well, you just ate, chewed all your food up. Took some water, swallowed it all down. 
Why is the last bit of crumbs? Because you're delicate. You're so delicate. But can you imagine that delicate person being in hell? And looking over and so much pain seeing Lazarus and Abraham. Say, Abraham, send him. Send him back over here. In fact, before you send him, let him dip his finger in some water. And bring him over here. And let him put it on my... On my tongue. He said, I'll treat it like a pacifier. Oh, I'm just showing you. I'm giving you a picture of how terrible hell is until ain't no delicacy down there. Ain't no, this is hell. Get me out. Look at the text. Look at the text. And then it said here, verse 25, and Abraham says, Son, Remember. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's right. Remember. Yeah. You're going to remember. You're going to remember that I had a chance to give my whole to my God. I had a chance to give him everything. I had a chance to say, God, I trust you with everything. And then life got hard. And I knew I could trust God, but he wasn't moving fast enough. So I decided I just was going to just tip out for a minute. Just for a minute. Just for a minute. Because he wasn't moving fast enough. Just for a minute. I said, I'll be back, God. I'll be right back. I'm just going to, just for a second, just for, just for a second, Lord, just for a second. I didn't know they had a gun in the place. I didn't know there was bad men around. I didn't know I was going to get in a fight with somebody. I didn't know that the way I was going to go was going to catch fire. I didn't know that my car was going to stop on a highway. That's it, preacher. And I was on my way back when it stopped. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And now I remember. Yeah. Text says, my son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things. Yeah. Sometimes... See, everybody can't handle stuff. Everybody want to be rich. But but somebody's rich is going to take them to the lake of fire. Because they can't handle it. They can't, they in, in pursuit of it. But don't realize they can't handle it. This guy here had good things, and he let the good things go to his head. This is a Jewish guy. He had responsibilities. Obviously, because where he is, he didn't meet those responsibilities as a Jewish rich man. I believe, based upon the fact he was religious. But that, that money got to him. Then it says, and likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now he is confident. You may not never 
have with somebody next to you have. It might not be God's will for you. But the question on the floor is, if you're right where God wants you to be, on your journey to glory, you ain't got everything you want. You ain't got everything you think you need. But you got Jesus. And you got more than confidence. You got faith. Are you okay right there? Oh, Lord, have mercy. Help us, Lord. Help us. Are you, are you, are you, uh, uh, can you close your eyes and stop trying to be the Joneses? And just be you. A child of the most high God. Who provides for us the way he decides through his wisdom, through his knowledge, through his, through his omnipotence that he wants to provide for us. And is that okay? I'm sure this rich man was crying saying, why am, why am I here? Why, I got, why do I have all these? I'm already poor. Why do I have these swords? Why do I have all this stuff? Why am I life? Why am I said that this rich man he ain't giving me nothing? Why is this happening to me? Why is my life like this? I try to do the best I can, but he was on his way to heaven. Mm-hmm. Amen. Oh Lord, have mercy, Jesus. I know y'all. I, I know. I know it's quiet because y'all think about that thing. I got you. I got you. I, I got you. I got that. That's let it marinate in the juices of your mind. Consider that you're gonna let God be God. Watch the text now. Watch the text. Verse 26. Abraham said, and besides all this, besides you being in torment, besides you being in fire, besides you seeing Lazarus, besides you wanting him to come over there and and touch your tongue with some water, besides you remembering all this stuff, God has already by faith set up a gulf. That's right. Oh, Lord, Amen. have mercy. Right Lord, have mercy. Watch the text. Besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. A gulf is a divide. And the divide only takes place after you die. What does that mean? You can't change sides after you die. You can't change size after you die. But while you are sitting right here, while the blood is still running and warm in your veins, if you happen to go home tonight and you sleep and you have a bad dream, you can call me and change sides. Because you're on this side of life. See, when you're on this side of life, you can change sides. Why? By faith. God said he would that none would perish, but that all would come to repentance. By faith, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. By faith, Peter said, repent and be baptized. That means change sides. Oh, my goodness. Watch the text. Great gulf fix. So that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they that pass, they pass to us that would come from hence. Now, when I read that, I, I kind of chuckled in my stomach like saying, well, I understand. I understand that 
we can't go over there because you all want to go over there. But, and y'all can't come over here. I want to go over there. I want to go over there. That's where paradise is. I want to be there. And I chuckled that, but he had to say, y'all can't come over I mean, we can't come over there. Because we don't want to go over there. But I know that there are those who want to come on this side. And watch this. And he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, Meaning, since I can't come over there, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou would send him to my father's house. If Lazarus can't come here, can he go back? Because I got family. I got family. I got 28. What do you got, Claiborne? He says, for I have five brothers. Hold it. Five brothers. He cares about them so much. Brothers and sisters, we are disciples of Christ. We got to care about our five brothers or whatever family member we have. We got to be willing to get up off our seats of comfort and bring somebody to the Lord. The challenge is bring one person this year Amen. to the Lord. One. Amen. How you doing so far? Amen. How you doing? It's already February the 10th. We're already six weeks into this thing. You got your list made out? You got somebody on your mind that you're thinking about? You got your strategy made out? You got your plans made out? Or are you just, are you just still walking and living life? It'll happen. It'll happen. It'll happen. Even, even though by faith, John 15 says, we better bring some fruit off our branches. It's in the book. By faith. Don't come before me without no fruit on your branches. This man, he's in hell, but he, he thinking about his brothers and sisters. He thinking about his brothers. He said, Lazarus, please. Abraham, please send Lazarus back. Look here at verse number, y'all see in verse number 28 one more time. I have five brethren that he may testify, testify unto them, lest they also come unto this place. Tell them what? Tell them about the hereafter. If you can't tell them nothing, tell your loved ones, I mean, uh, go, go soft at first. But if it just get down to the taking off of the jacket, Amen. take it off and tell them. If you die in this state, you will be lost in hell. That's right. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Amen. I don't know about you guys, but if I was lost and you was my family and you knew the truth and you didn't tell me because you were scared to hurt my feelings, you were scared to rub me the wrong way, you were scared to offend me, and you knew where I was going. If I got to hell and I found out you knew and didn't tell me, I'm already in hell. I'd be saying some stuff. I'd be saying some stuff. 
I'll be saying stuff that's not nice about you. I'll be saying I I'll be I'll be saying I'll be saying something. I can I'll be tears be running, I'll be burning, I'll be hot, doing a hot dance, and I can't ooh, 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 ooh. Mm. Mm. Boy, Lord, I had to say I better stop thinking like this because it might be a lower part to this place. Because <laughs> I'd be that angry that you put sensitivity and, 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 and not wanting to hurt my feelings and not wanting to upset me. Give me the choice to make my decision. Give me, at least give me the choice. You can be happy hearing me say, no, I'm not interested. Fine, amen. Let's eat some, let's eat sweet potato pie. You know, let's eat some spaghetti now. That's good. I just wanted to give you the choice. That's all it takes this year. And to go give somebody a choice. This man says, send Lazarus back. Send Lazarus back to my five brethren that they may testify unto them, lest they also come unto this place of torment. 29. Abraham said unto him, they have Moses and the prophets. What does that mean? It's written in the book. Moses wrote to him. The prophets wrote to him. In this generation, Paul wrote to us, Peter wrote to us, Luke wrote to us, John wrote to us, Jude wrote to us. James wrote to us. Peter wrote to him. We got, we got it by faith. Let me finish it up here. Now he says here, not only does he go into, you have Moses and you have the prophets, but now he tells them, not only do you have Moses and the prophets, but also, let me get there, Luke 16. I went to, I went to Matthew. Now he says here, you have Moses and the prophets. And then he said unto them, hear them. And, and he said, just like we say sometimes, the Bible ain't enough. The Bible ain't enough. No. No, the Bible ain't enough. No. Let me tell you something. God is saying here. Let me read the text. God says here, Father Abraham, nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. I think. I'm confident. If one went, no, Father Abraham, you said Moses and the prophet. I want the Bible. Bible don't work. I need a ghost. I need a ghost. If somebody comes back from the dead and tell my brothers there's a hell and you better not go. And your brother told me to tell you, don't come down there. He said, I I think they're going to believe. I think they will repent. I can see the Holy Ghost inspiring Abraham to just kind of say, He said unto him, if they will not hear Moses and the prophets, if they don't have enough faith to trust 
the Lord's word. If you just can't trust God's word that he put together in such a way where he put together in such a way where it's fantastic. He took 40 men over a 1,500-year period to write an inspirational word that will come together and make up one book and fit perfectly. Wow. 40 men, men who, never, who, who many of them never met each other, never knew each other. Over 1,500 year period. This nation is not 1,500 years old. It's a young nation. We ain't even the 300s yet. No. But guess what? Guess what? 1,500 years to write down a book, a letter that includes a letter from hell. Somebody say, hey, how you know? You ain't never, uh, people tell me about hell. They ain't never been there. <laughs> You're right, but we got a letter. We got a letter of somebody who's been there. Who's telling you don't come down there. Who's telling you don't go there by faith. Hebrews 11 and the sermon is yours. In Hebrews 11. Oh, you said verse 6, brother. Oh, 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 bro, verse 6. Verse six. No, I'm on, I need the Abraham story. Verse 8. I got you, brother Ballard, though. I ought to read 6 because you said so. But we're going to go to 8. We're going to go to 8. We can go, brother Phil, read that for me. That's uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. Verse number eight, by faith, mm -hmm. Abraham, mm -hmm. when he was called to go out into a place mm -hmm. which he should after receive for an inheritance, mm -hmm. obeyed. Mm -hmm. And he went out, not knowing whether he went. Whoa! We can close on that. Listen, Genesis 12 and 1 said, the Lord said, go. Hebrew writer said, by faith. Because when God's word speaks, yeah. you can count on it. Amen. When God's word speaks, it's a guarantee. Yes, it when God's word speaks, it will not be refuted. Right. Because it is God's word. So the Hebrew letter said, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out unto a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whether he went. Some of us would not have went. Amen. But because Abraham has faith. Faith so great, he's called the father of the faith. He got faith when God said that way. Start walking. Oh, y'all didn't got it. Oh, my goodness. You got to have faith to know when God says, start walking, start walking. Church, as I close out, that's the difference between faith and confidence. Confidence comes from 
our humanistic intuitiveness. It's from I think. But God's faith don't come from us. It comes from a holy word given to us by a God who's able to back up everything he says. So go ahead with your confidence. It's okay. That's not a sin. But remember, but when, as God speaks a word that is counter to your confidence, then you go with God's word. When God says something that is different than your I think, drop your I think and go with God's word. But brother, see, I, I'm serious. I, I figured it out. I worked it out. I see it. I know what it's leading to. I know where this is going at. And ain't nothing good coming out of this. I think I got this thing. I got confidence. I got this thing. If God say no, no. Yeah. then stop that thinking and get in the faith realm with your God. Amen. Church, we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. Church, we are more than conquerors through him that love us. But we are only going to be as successful as our faith. And even in our walk with God, our individual walk with God, we are only going to be as successful as our faith in our God. So let's learn to trust him. Let's learn to believe in him. Let's learn to love him. And remember, there's a letter that was sent to us from hell to help us to know that God is in control of everything. I'm tired. I'm tired. If you're out there right now, if you're out there, you need to come right now. Listen, what does God want from me, somebody might be saying. All God wants you to do is love him. He wants you to love him. And, he, and God don't just want, he don't want just any kind of love. He said, I want my children to love me with all their hearts. I want my children to love me with all their souls. I want my children to love me with all their might. I want my children to love me with all their strength. That's the kind of love that I want from my children. That love right there, agape, not based upon what I do for you, but based upon just your genuine love for me. And what I love about God is, and he said, if you give me your genuine love, I'll give you my love, and I'll give you my blessings. Oh, I like that. I'll give you my love, and I'll give you my blessings, because that's the kind of God he is. If you're out there and you're subject to the Savior's invitation, somebody might be saying, Brother Thea, what do I, what, what do, I do? What do I do? What does God say do? Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the remission of your sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. As easy as ABC, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. All you got to do is Matthew 10.32, confess me before man, and I'll confess you before my Father which is in heaven. But if you deny me before man, I will deny you for my Father which is in heaven. And then all you have to do after you do that, after you do that, is repent. In fact, repent first. Amen. Luke 13 and 3. I tell you, neighbor, except ye repent, you shall all likewise perish. 
Why you say repent first? Because you got to have a change your mind first. Don't, come, don't jump in the water without changing your mind. Don't confess them as Lord without changing your mind. You got to make up your mind that you know what? God has blessed me to come this far in my life. And now it's time for me to turn to him and give him my life. Now you can confess. Now you can be baptized. If you're out there and you're subject to the Savior's invitation, the water's ready. Heaven is ready. The angels are ready. Are you ready to obey the gospel of Christ? If you are, come right now as we all stand and sing the hymn of invitation to give somebody out there the opportunity to obey God. Hymn number 903. Woody. Maybe you out there, maybe you're thinking, we want you to think about who you're going to map out in your heart to go bring to Christ. I want you to think about that best friend, the family member, that neighbor, that loved one, that person you know that you can share your faith with. Oh, you ain't got to go and beat them up about hell right away. Go softly. Tell them there's a God that loves them. Tell them there's a God that cares about them. Tell them there's a God that wants to provide for them. Tell them there's a God that can change your life like he changed my life. Tell them there's a God that no matter what you have done in your life, he's able to forgive. Let them know there was a man named Jeffrey Dahmer. He was guilty. He was convicted. He was sentenced to die. But before he died, a gospel preacher came to him and told him he was guilty of sin. But there is a God that has a remedy for all of our sins. And he wants to save your soul. He wants to change your life. He wants to make you new. Jeffrey thought about it a while, and eventually he obeyed the gospel of Christ. But remember, there's always consequences for our sins. Just because you obey the gospel don't mean you don't suffer the consequences for sin. Oh, yeah, he died. There were the consequences of what he had done prior to obeying the gospel. I better help somebody. You might go rob 7-Eleven. Take $10,000 and then run to the church. And come to the church week after week, and all of a sudden, something touch your heart, and you obey the gospel. Yeah. Now you saved. Yeah. A week later, two detectives come in here. Yeah. And they're looking for you. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because before you obeyed the gospel, you did a crime. Amen. Yeah. You did a sin that has to be paid. You own a debt that has to be paid. So we're your brothers and sisters in Christ, and we'll come and visit you every week. Amen, brother. But you got to go pay the debts. The beautiful thing about Jesus, see, man make you pay the debt. Jesus said, I'll pay the debt for you. 
Well, I feel like preaching. <laughs> sing a song. Sing a song. Won't you come? What do you do, sir? Faith over confidence. Yes. 